The idea behind building a personal brand is you are providing a product consumer, service consumer, or content consumer these things you couldn't find yourself. Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you're here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another entrepreneurship podcast. I'm so excited to keep doing these. I got such great reflection and notes on the last one. So many of you were so excited to dive into this new topic. So I'm super pumped about today, but actually... I'm going to do something I don't think I've ever done before, and I want to take a couple minutes to update you guys on last week's podcast. So I told you guys and I explained to you guys how I think I'm facing some upper limits in my life, and it's just, I feel like overall, it's just been a challenging week in sort of a universal reminder that as I continue to grow, I'm going to face these growing pains with my business and mentally and emotionally with myself. I edited that podcast actually today. So I'm in the kind of definitely right headspace to reflect, but I want to be, as per usual, very transparent and honest with you guys. And something that I say a lot on this podcast is that even though I feel like I've gone through the trenches of my healing journey, and I'm sure I likely will one day have to go through trenches again as, you know, we continue to face life and unfortunately continue to face trauma. And something I say on that note all the time is that healing is a continual journey. You know, we're going to face really high highs and really low lows in our healing journey. And the low lows are the ones that we come out of with a lot more knowledge and value and trust and honesty in ourselves. Just as much as I record these podcasts for you guys, I record them for myself because it's a literal representation of my own healing journey and where I've been and where I'm going and where I'm currently at. So I recorded that podcast on a Friday. It is now Monday. Today's Labor Day. And again, with full transparency and honesty, I have had an absolutely horrendous weekend. And something I've noticed over the last couple of years as I've been going through this healing journey is I think I have a strong subconscious tendency to manifest trauma or pain in a physical form, right? Which is... an Actually, as I've been reflecting in in going through this journey, I've realized and wondered if that's not where so much of my knee pain came from, is manifesting emotional stress into physical stress because my knee just got progressively worse throughout college. And as you guys know, my brother passed away at the beginning of my college career. So it was throughout those four years of going through trauma after trauma and never dealing with it that I think... I manifested it in a physical form, which led to my major knee surgery. And here I am again, and I've noticed over the last two years, I've had this chronic pinch nerve that gets activated every couple of months. And there's only been two times in my life where it's been like complete excruciating pain. And one of those times was over the last weekend. So I had a really, really not great weekend. I was in bed the majority of the time. I woke up one morning, it was actually, I don't know if you, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know I recently just had new headshots done for the brand, and I, ve- I made a very stupid mistake of hauling around all of the stuff I needed in a duffel bag instead of a suitcase around the city, and I literally walked out of my apartment carrying all of this stuff, all the clothes, I needed my makeup, shoe changes, jewelry, etc., a bunch of stuff. 
I walked out of my apartment saying to myself, I know this is going to activate my pinch nerve. And I don't know why I didn't just put it in like my small little roller suitcase, but I didn't. So the next morning, Saturday morning, I woke up and I went to yoga, which again, not a great choice of mine. And I just made it progressively worse. So Saturday was really bad. It just get, it just kept getting worse and worse throughout the day. And then Sunday morning, I woke up in tears. I was in so much pain and I was hurting so badly. Pretty much just couldn't move. Everything made me like literally verbally cry out in pain. And then eventually I wanna say around like one or two, I, I had to go to the bathroom and I got up or I tried getting up and I passed out from all the pain I was in. And I came to pretty quickly, I wanna say maybe in less than like a minute or two. And obviously I knew it was time to go to the doctor. Now, if you also don't know this, which I don't know why you would, so I'll share. I have a very huge phobia of hospitals and ERs and just seeing physical trauma. Um, So the last thing I wanted to do was call an ambulance and get all this stupid attention drawn to me and go to the emergency room. So I had to call a friend who also lives in Jersey City and ask her to personally like come help me because I just couldn't move on my own. I was just in excruciating pain. So I ended up going to the doctor and today's now Monday. So it's been three, two, two full days, three-ish days with the, with the pinch nerve. And um, it's really, you know, when I, when I get sick or when things like this happen to me, it puts me in a really, really bad emotional headspace. It just makes me feel really lazy and... <laughs> To be quite honest, just very useless. And uh, again, like even with a head cold, you know, I can keep working. It's tough, but I can. But with this pinch nerve, it's been incredibly hard because I have to sit up. I have to talk. I mean, just breathing hurts. Um, Or at least it really did yesterday. It is getting better today. So anyways, I just wanted to let you guys know and reiterate from last week's podcast that, like I said, I assumed that this like upper limit problem I or I was and am facing was going to last a couple weeks. I assure you it will. Like that's just how the healing process works. And I'm just trying to be really kind to myself and acknowledging like, okay, I've manifested some physical, not some, like so, some really harsh physical pain for myself because I'm, I'm letting myself get so stressed out by things that I know will eventually get solved, right? So I just want to reiterate to you guys that it's okay to go through these hard spots and it's okay to feel upset. It's okay to get really upset. It's okay to feel really hurt and angry and even upset with yourself because the healthy response to that is acknowledging it and learning how to move forward with kindness and compassion for yourself. So with all of that being said, I will dive into this week's podcast topic. So if you're new here or if you haven't listened to the previous entrepreneurship episode, I'm really excited to share with you guys that I have decided to create a sort of third category of the podcast and a fourth category of the blog, which is an entrepreneurship category. So here I'm sharing my best tips, tricks, and practices to launching and running a successful business. And when I say business, I mean a a personal brand, entrepreneurship brand, or being an influencer. And these are things that are really passionate to me. And, you know, of course I have in the last two-ish, a little over two years, I've taken so much time to learn these tips, tricks, and tools from other entrepreneurs and other really successful women in entrepreneurship. But I also wanna make sure that I'm iterating to you guys and truly to just really myself, how much I've gained, how much knowledge I've gained just through like trial and error and practicing and just learning, right? And I think that that's where 
most of the entrepreneurship journey develops is the really hands-on activity where you unfortunately just have no choice but to kind of go through the tunnel on your own, right? And any outside knowledge, any outside sources, any outside learning is just that. It's outside of you that you're consuming to help you, but to really learn how to launch a successful business, you just have to kind of do it, right? So again, this podcast is one of those resources for you. It's not a guidebook. It's not, a, you know, this is exactly how it has to be done. This is me telling you my opinions on what's worked for me and how I think you can run a successful business. And today that topic is very driven towards creating your brand identity. And obviously you guys can understand like how important of a topic that is for me because the creative studio, right? I, I help women entrepreneurs create the brand of their dreams. And within that is a lot of mostly the visual brand aspect. My business and branding coaching is more where I can help you and guide you through like writing copy. And we're going to get into all of that later. But most of the work I do thus far with the creative studio is truly like all the branding materials. So creating your brand kit and your brand website. So I want to start with that. I definitely encourage you to also go read this week's blog that comes out on Friday because again, as per usual, it's just like a reiteration of what I'm saying in the blog or I'm sorry, in the podcast, but more detail oriented versus here, which is like my experience. So creating a brand identity, the first thing I want to talk to talk to you guys about, really there are two main parts to a brand identity and it's your visual brand identity and your literature brand identity. And when I say literature, I mean your copy and any words you use to describe your brand. So I want to start with the visual branding. As you guys know, this is definitely well developed in my expertise and it's something that I now am, you know, contracting out. And as you guys know, I told you guys my big news, like I've recently taken a really big career step in creating a partnership with a very successful woman entrepreneur who works and coaches very successful women entrepreneurs. Within your visual branding, you essentially have four main brand assets and your brand assets are your logo and any variation of them. So, you know, your icon logo or your favicon and different sized logos, taking some parts out just so it fits better on certain areas of like whatever you're working with. So if your logo, your font kit or your type suite, which is your three main fonts you're going to use for your brand, which is usually like headings, subtitles, and then your paragraph font. Then you also have your color identity, color palette, or your color scheme, which is usually between five and seven colors. And when I say five and seven, it's usually because almost everyone includes black and white in their brand colors, right? Because most type suites are going to be black and most backgrounds are going to be white. So you'll start and end, you'll start with white, end in black, and then you're going to fill in the middle of what you want your brand colors to be. And then this last one is optional, but I tend to do this for all of my clients just so I can help them visually see the brand come to life, which is your like photo gallery or your photo themes that you're going to use consistently throughout a lot of your website or social media platforms or campaigns or emails and newsletters and etc. So those are the four main subcategories of your brand identity or your visual brand identity, right? And like I said in the last entrepreneurship podcast, and I will just continue continually express this to you guys, and it's not a way for me to boast on my own business, but I think there is a lot of, no, I don't think, I know there is a lot of evidentiary proof in the value of a solid, cohesive visual brand. Now, again, kind of just reiterating what I said in the first entrepreneurship podcast, but I just really want to press this point with you guys is I know that we all say like, don't judge a book by its cover. And that goes for like people, places, things, etc. 
unfortunately, I think just most of us do that to begin with. I think it's a very subconscious act. You know, you're not walking into something, you're walking into doing something or meeting someone and just saying like, okay, I'm going to judge this person solely on their appearance or I'm going to judge this place solely on its appearance without getting to know like the inner workings of it. And the inner workings in this case are definitely going to be your copy and your literature behind the brand, right? So again, like I said, I think it's just a subconscious knack that we all practice where you immediately go to a website or you immediately go to a place or you immediately meet a person. And the first judgments you are making are on appearance, which is why your visual brand identity is so, so important and why it's so incredibly important for every piece of that brand identity to be cohesive, right? Because although at face value, understanding how a type suite can, you know, correlate to a color palette you you might think like okay well any font can go with this color palette i truly believe as a branding expert now like that's just not the case there are certain things that pair well with other things that create that cohesive brand identity so something i want to stress to you guys a lot right here is that when you're creating your overall brand identity so this includes both your visual branding and your literature branding i said this in the last entrepreneurship podcast and i will press this point likely every entrepreneurship podcast your brand is not for everyone the idea behind building a personal brand is you are providing a product consumer, service consumer, or content consumer, these things you couldn't find yourself, right? So essentially a brand is your persona built up into a business model. This usually would guide you into thinking like, okay, this is a personal brand, but I honestly just don't believe that's the case because every successful business and brand is built off this notion that you're providing someone something someone could not provide you, if that at all made any sense. So as you build a brand, it's impossible not to include the important parts of yourself, right? You're not gonna create a brand you don't aesthetically like. You're not gonna pick a color palette that doesn't attract you. You're not gonna pick fonts that you don't like, right? Your brand identity is an embodiment of your brand that you're creating and of you. And that is exactly how it should be. You should never try to remove yourself from the brand. And that's a perfect segue into the sort of literature of your brand, your copy, because as I just stated, you are creating a brand solely on the premise that you are able to provide someone with something that could not be provided for you, right? And when you're doing that, the most important critical aspect to remember is that what's selling your brand is that niche, right? Whatever that that comment I just made, whatever niche that fits into for you is something you're passionate about, you're excited about, and something you're ready to sell or market or create and, you know, share. So the identity of your brand, the most important question I think you're going to ask yourself while building a brand is who is my ideal client? And based on what I just said, obviously it's simple to assume your ideal client is essentially you. It's someone who likes the same things you do. It's someone in search of what you couldn't find that you're now offering. Your ideal client is someone you would be friends with, is someone you would connect with, is someone who you could sit down and toss this business idea at, and the first thing they would say is, I am totally obsessed, sign me up, right? You're not creating a brand or a business to attract clients that you don't want to work with or consumers that you don't want to work with. The premise behind a brand is always about 
passion and giving someone something you could not find or get yourself. So when you're identifying your ideal client, it's someone you're going to easily, easily relate to, right? And that is so much a part of your brand persona and your copy brand identity. And a part of that, I think the best thing to start with is identifying your ideal client. Because once you know who they are, they might have some opposites of you. Of of course, like not every person showing up buying your product or consuming your services is going to be you, like an iteration thereof but it's someone you're going to relate to. And once you can define that ideal client, and when I say define, I mean identifying who they are, what they do on the weekends, what their hobbies are, what they like to work for, what are their problems, identifying their problems with what your solution is going to give them, like, you know, what are their passions, what excites them? That is who your ideal client is. And once you can answer those questions, it becomes a much easier segue to answer things like, or create things like, your brand's mission, vision, and value statement, or your brand persona statement, or even, you know, at the very end, you're gonna create sort of an amalgamation of all of that, that's your elevator pitch for your brand, right? And these things are so, so, so important to understanding and creating a successful brand. Because at the beginning of my journey with LaRue, you know, I can see this so easily now, especially, um, I don't know if I told you guys, but I'm in the process of doing a rebranding for LaRue, and it's, honestly just been so so exciting because in the rebrand it's now been two years like I can see how much the brand has changed and you know I think the value premise in the value statement I previously started with is still almost the same it's just more niche down this entire brand LaRue and the creative studio are all about intentionality and now my mission statement my I help statement my value statement is all about helping women entrepreneurs create intentionality in their businesses and their branding and their lifestyle through coaching and branding services. So that's really like where I'm at now. And when you're first starting a brand, it's gonna be pretty impossible not to sort of re-niche down. And I think that this is a process you should take action on every few years because as you grow, you're gonna eventually move into higher clientele, luxury client services, which is what I now offer with the creative studio, right? And as you do so, you need to niche down so that you're continuing to reach the right clients, right? Because the clients you're gonna first take on likely would not be the same clients you're taking on in two years, right? When I first started LaRue with my coaching and stuff, I was open to coaching anyone and it was just sort of whatever they needed. And now the coaching services on both sides of LaRue and the creative studio are very niche to women only, women entrepreneurs, and it's more about creating like a luxurious lifestyle, business, and brand that embody everything that I'm talking about right now, right? Every value offer that you have in one sort of concrete, cohesive mission statement. So I think that the best way for me to really share this process with you guys is kind of break down how I'm going through this rebranding and why I think it's so important to my brand as I continue to grow. Because like I said, I don't think you'll ever evolve a brand so much that like your core mission will ever change. But like I said, it just gets to a point where every few years you're going to continue to niche down because you're reaching a more specific audience each time, right? The goal of creating a successful brand is not to eventually reach more people, but to reach an even smaller group of ideal clients, eventually leading, like I said, into that sort of luxury market, luxury product service that you're offering. So 
I first started thinking about this um, maybe about a month and a half ago, like I want to say mid-July. And I knew that something I think that triggered this thought was I was going to both of my websites, so LaRue and the Creative Studio, and I was identifying and more attracted to one than the other. And that's obviously, you know, the Creative Studio is newer, so that's the one I was really more identified with. And I think that's because since moving here, I have become so much more closer to the person I want to become. And I've grown my relationship with myself so deeply that that's shown a lot of maturity in myself, right? I've seen how much I've changed and I'm proud of that progress. And I think something that I noticed was the Lauren LaRue website, the LaRue brand itself. It was something that I loved but felt I had outgrown. And I still love it, but I, I just don't identify with it as much as the visual branding and the copy branding for the creative studio. When I started creating the creative studio, I knew like immediately I wanted dark colors that like made a bold statement. And when I started writing the copy, it just flowed so seamlessly after I created my brand kit because I was able to see and I was able to feel confident in writing copy that was and is confident, right? Like I use a lot stronger vocabulary when it comes to that copy. It makes me proud to know that when it comes to the creative studio, I'm not just accepting any other client. Like it is branded as a luxury client service, meaning I'm only working with clients that offer luxury services themselves, right? Like I'm not gonna create a website for, you know, a, a brand new insurance firm or a coffee shop or, well, maybe a coffee shop, but you get what I'm saying. Like something that I knew when I developed the creative studio and launched it was I was not going to take on a client that I wouldn't, wouldn't purchase their services myself. Right. I wasn't going to take on a client that services or product didn't attract me as a client. Like I want to be their ideal client the same way they have to be my ideal client for me to work with them. So when I was building out the creative studio, I immediately started getting the idea of, okay, this is so much fun. Like I'm seeing how much I identify with this. Maybe it's time to do a rebrand for LaRue. But then the creative studio launched and things started taking off really quickly. And I just didn't really have the time to even like think about it again. But then one day in like the end of July, I was on the website making like little minor adjustments and stuff. And I noticed how much I hated my logo, <laughs> my current logo. So it's just an LL with a line. And then it says LaRue on top and Lauren LaRue on the bottom in cursive. And I was just like, wow, this feels so outdated to the brand. Like it just, I don't really resonate it, resonate with it anymore. And now with the creative studio and the skills I've developed, I knew I could just create like such a stronger logo that really embodied the brand. So I started just like playing around with the logo. I was like, all right, let me see if I can find a logo that speaks to what I think I want. And then from there I can, you know, actually start the rebranding process. So I started creating logos and I freaking hated all of them. I could not like, I just could not nail it down. I spent weeks, hours trying to build a logo and I was just like, oh my God, like how can I do this for so many other people? And I can't create a logo I love for myself. I was just like, okay, something's not connecting here. So the week before my vacation, I tried again. I, I was just continuously trying and I was getting so, so frustrated. So I was like, you know what? I quit. I'm gonna go on vacation, go rejuvenate, like to hit a little reset, I'll come back and I'll try again. Tuesday, I wanna say, it was Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday or Monday maybe, I don't know, one of those days, last week, I finally got it. I created a logo that I am so 
utterly obsessed with and it speaks to elegance class simplicity it's modern but it's just i sent it to all of my really close best friends and they all said the exact same thing that it could not embody me as a human being more and that is the bread and butter to your brand it has to embody you to a t right because the people you are attracting your ideal clients you are attracting are essentially variations of you just different people that has essentially like pushed me into a huge excitement to begin this rebranding because now it's going to become like I'm even as I mentioned in last week's podcast the one of the upper limits I'm facing is like going through I finally signed on with a CPA and an accountant and sort of a business advisor not like a business coach but someone who just like gives me you know more so legal advice on like running a legal and successful business and her and I both decided I would dissolve my LLC in Florida and I would create a new LLC enterprise here in which the lifestyle brand and the creative studio brand are under because I also have two other business ideas that I want to venture out in the future with, which is a stationary brand and something else I don't wanna mention yet because it's like a huge five-year type plan deal. But those things are both gonna be needed to be LLC'd under the LaRue Enterprise, right? So I explained all this to her and she's like, yeah, it's time to let's dissolve that so you're filing taxes in the correct state and et cetera. So that's basically like what I've been doing is I am taking proper legal steps and proper, you know, me steps to complete this rebrand. And it's actually perfect timing because LaRue, the brand itself, launched on October 15th in 2020. And I'm going to launch the rebrand of LaRue on October 15th next month. So I have a month and a half to kind of get my ducks in a row, get the rebranding done. I've already finished pretty much my brand kit. So I've got my new logo and my variations of it. I've got my color palette. I've got my type suite. And guys, you guys wait until you see this color palette I'm working with. It's freaking phenomenal. And like I said, I'm also taking steps that I really feel will elevate the brand entirely. So I finally got new headshots taken on Friday, like I said, which is what triggered my pinch nerve, I think. <laughs> Just that and the combination of all the stress. I got new headshots done and I've been posting like little, you know, tidbits and sneak peeks on my Instagram, but I should get the final images by this Friday, so in a couple days, and that's going to be a huge step. You know, the podcast is going to get a new cover and it matches so much of the brand that I'm now creating now that I know like my final color palette that I'm working with. So it's just been a really exciting process and you guys know me, like, of course, I'm going to redo the website and... The Creative Studio is perfect as is. I'm obsessed with it. The website's great. But now I'm going to create a new, you've never believed, type website for LaRue. And I'm just really excited to take that action because when you elevate the brand, you're speaking to people who perhaps want to work with you or might want to work with you. And you're also speaking to past clients and saying, like, I've offered you this service and now I'm, I'm elevating those services even further. And it's just sort of a unspoken understanding between you and your potential and current consumers that things are elevating, things are changing. That means prices go up. That means like you're, again, you're leaning more into a luxury service. And for me, that just feels so exciting because I feel like most of you guys can probably gauge my personality by now. And again, not something I want to apologize for, but <laughs> I love luxury. Like I am very bougie. I have beautiful things. Like I surround myself with beautiful things, beautiful people. I am just like a very visually aesthetics, like just please me to my absolute core. 
And it's just a part of who I am and I love it. It's, I think it's more of like the Leo side in me that I, you know, again, used to think I was. So I think it's just parts of me that like luxury to me is really important and offering that to my clients. And I assure them that not only will the process be seamless, whether it's a branding client, a marketing client, or a business or lifestyle coaching client, it is everything about this is luxury. Everything about this is me offering you luxury so you can offer it to yourself or someone else, right? So I'll keep you guys updated about the branding process. I am really excited about it. And I think, again, the thing I just really want to stress to you guys is two really main understandings about launching a brand. And those are you need to make sure that you can utilize your copy in a way that iterates to your ideal clients you have created a product or service that they will not find anywhere else and why it's so unique. And the other thing to always, always, always remember, and I think that this is what I really struggled with when I was initially creating the LaRue brand, is that you are just not for everyone. And that is perfectly okay. Because if you were for everyone, there's not any of the right words in the world to describe what you're offering. Because essentially what we all need is world peace and Unless you're Gandhi showing up, offering that to every single person in the world, (laughs) you're not for everyone. (laughs) So niching yourself down is the best part because it lets you and your ideal client understand what it exactly is you're offering and why it's so unique. So that's what I've got for you guys today. I'm just, I have so much fun recording these specific podcasts because again, I think you can tell like it's so easy for me to get into flow and share my knowledge with you guys because essentially this just really is something I've become an expert in and it's fun for me, right? Like I told you guys, the creative studio just felt so right because building out websites, building out branding materials, building out marketing materials, it's just such a like second nature to me. And I knew that that was true in the outside world too, because I was constantly getting like people asking me, Hey, how do you make this? Like, do you make this in Canva? How did you do this? Or would you be willing to do my website for me? Like I've had a dozen or so people in the last year and a half before launching the creative studio, ask me if I could do their website. And I was like, you know what? It's time to charge for this stuff. (laughs) So that's what I've got for you guys today. As per usual, you know, if you'd like to work with me, visit the LaRue Creative Studio website or the regular LaRue website and reach out to me. I love working with you guys. I love helping you guys create your brands. And like I said, the LaRue Creative Studio, the branding aspect of things will likely be moving to a tentative waitlist by the end of this year just because of this new opportunity and working with a whole nother like book of clients. So if you're if it's something you're interested in, I recommend hopping on the bandwagon earlier rather than later. Um, if you want to go through, a, um, you have to go through a consult call to do any branding or marketing, and that is free, of course. So if you want to go through that 30-minute consultation, uh, you can sign up for it right directly on my website. There's just like a little block on each page at the bottom that allows you to do so. I love working with you guys, and I hope you found a lot of value in this podcast. I love you all so dearly, and I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.